you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 124 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, Bob Chichinsky, your host, with my good, good friend, Dogbark24. My dude, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing good, man. And we are, of course, with this episode, continuing uh, our patch notes extravaganza to uh, get you the rest of the details you guys need for update 40. This episode is going to uh, be covering not only the Endless Archive, but also focusing on the combat update changes that accompanied U40. So we're going to start with the combat update, and then we'll move on to the Endless Archive uh, to wrap up this patch notes special of the year. So, yeah. Do you want to uh, read this paragraph, Dog, or do you want me to read it? Uh, I'll read the first one. Okay. So it reads, Our final update of the year is finally upon us, bringing many new toys to collect, content to do, and on the combat side, audits and bug fixing. In the previous update, we found a lot of opportunities that needed additional scheduling and time to work on and hammer out the details. So we're continuing much of what you saw from update 39. The main focuses where we've worked on are continuing to improve area of effects from player abilities and item sets to use more performant and consistent technology and setups, improving targeting of helpful effects, to stop going to those pesky pets instead of their owners. We've also made a small pass to some ultimate abilities to make them feel a little more impactful by adjusting their target caps, squashed some particularly frustrating combat bugs that got your character stuck in not-so-great states, as well as other miscellaneous tunes and tweaks. Man, for a second there, I thought that was about to read uh, stuck in not-so-great combat. But, no, I was almost happy. And then I finished reading. It uh, it continues. Don't expect a lot of balance adjustments this update. We're slowing down to let changes to values and functionalities bake longer so we can get more robust data and patterns before adjusting anything. But that doesn't mean that there are none to be had this update. And with that, below are all the fixes and adjustments in this update, particularly precise and verbose compared to usual, to try and reduce some of the confusion we've seen from previous lighter presentations. Stay safe, and we hope to see you all in Tamriel. Stay safe, huh? Yeah. I don't know about that. Probably not, because, you know, it's combat. But I guess if you don't die, then... I, I guess that's as safe as one can be. If I wasn't dying, then it wouldn't be Cyrodiil. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Cyrodiil, you know, uh, there's a permanent permanent negate bug right now in Cyrodiil. No. On PCNA or what, PC after? in general. 
I guess the update broke something, but pretty much if you get negated, there's a chance that like you'll stay negated uh, even after the negate ends until you die or swap zones. They're getting, uh, yeah, it's getting fixed in like the uh, incremental patch, which I think is probably tomorrow, Monday. But yeah, that's crazy. I hope we don't get that, even though it sounds like we possibly could. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like the first incremental patch is usually, like, included with the update. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, so hopefully we won't have to deal with that. But things we will be dealing with, some of the combat changes that they were talking about here, there are a lot of bug fixes they updated many ally and group targeted player abilities to no longer target pets under the following conditions when stamina magicka or ultimate is granted to a target since pets cannot benefit from these effects when a bonus stat or buff is granted that the pet would naturally inherit from their parents, such as Major or Minor Berserk. Ultimate abilities that target allies now always ignore pets. All item sets that target allies now ignore pets, unless the set intentionally calls out pet interactions. Now the dev comment on this reads... We've long received feedback about the frustrations of pets eating precious target counts to abilities, since pets don't typically succumb to the call of the mortal coil as often, or easily, as their owners do. To help reduce these frustration points, we've done a large pass on player abilities and item sets to make them outright bypass pets in their target grabbing, where we saw the most issues and feedback being sourced from. We'll be keeping an eye on these adjustments to see if we need to go back or even double down on some target exclusions, and moving forward, we'll be following the listed situations as best as possible. So, the affected changes include the following. So there's a big list. It's two and a half pages long on our thing. So we're kind of just going to go over, like, you know, some of the big ones, right? So class passives that grant minor buffs, such as Mountain's Blessing, Aegis of Gallonway, and that one only targets group members, Arcanist Domains and Morphs Named Buffs, Arcasis is Genius, Automated Defense, Barrier and Morphs, Battalion De Defender, Bone Totem and Morphs Minor Protections, Bone Wall and Spinal Surge Synergies, Chokethorn, Consuming Darkness and Morse Major Protection, Drake's Rush, Earth Gore. That's actually really nice. Yeah, that um, is. Ebon Armory, Encrates Behemoth, Eye of Naventas, Grand Rejuvenation, Grave Guardian, Grave Inevitability. Uh, that one also not only targets group members. Grizzly Gourmet. Kitty's Hearth. Hollow Fang. Uh, Kinra's Wrath, which also only targets group members. Lord Warden. Magma Incarnate. 
Magma Shells, Damage Shield, Master Architect, Alarima, Pack Leaders, Minor Courage, Panic, Panacea, and Morphs. That's the Restro Ulti, Perlescent Ward, Pillager's Prophet, Powerful Assault, Rage of the Earth Sock, which also only targets troop members, Rallying Cry, Renewing Undeath's Purge, Rite of Passage, and Morphs. Brightmaster's Bond, Robes of Transmutation, Scorion's Feast, or Scorion's Feast, uh, Secluded Grove and Morphs. I think that's a Warden ult. Bill. Yeah. Uh, Sentinel of Rugamus, Fleet Storm and, Ro- and Morphs, Major Protection, Spoiler of Ruin, Spell Power Cure, Stone's Accord, Stone Talker Oath, Symphony of Blades. And this one now only targets group members, and it calls out it excludes yourself. Seer Bane's Ward, Trinamax Valor, Troll King, Warmest Stream, Winter's Respite, Worms Radiant, and lastly, Yul Nukrin. And, yeah, and more. <laughs> yeah, and more, because that's like maybe a third. And that's just the ones I'm like, yeah, those are like the big ones. Those are all sets I'm like, I think are pretty good. Or I know people run them. Yeah, so a lot of them, um, like Dog said, you know, Earthcore and some stick out that are like, you know, if they got casted on your pet, then it would definitely be a waste. So it's nice to see uh, next up, they adjusted the following ultimate abilities to affect up to 12 targets rather than 6. This is Absorption Fields Heal, which I think is like the healing negate. Maybe that's what broke. Oh, maybe. Uh, consuming Darkness and Morph's Major Protection, Gibbering Shelter's Damage Shield, Magma Shell's Damage Shield, Rite of Passage and Morph's Heal, Secluded Glow secluded grove and more seal over time fleet swarm and more major protection soul siphons heal and vitalizing glyph and morphs heals and there's a dev comment on here and it reads we're updating these portions of these ultimates to help them stand out a bit more and effectiveness so they compare better to other ultimates that already affect 12 targets such as barrier and I didn't know that right of passage, you know, the Templar ulti heal only affected six people. Yeah, I didn't know that Sleet Storm only affected six people. And uh Gibbering Shelters too. Or even Magma Shell. But that's yeah. pretty cool actually. Like those that will actually uh like, you know, for trials especially, that'll make a big difference for people. It just a little bit extra, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So that's kind of cool. And then lastly, they fixed a not-so-synergistic issue where some abilities that apply synergies, such as the Imperfect Dream, could temporarily remove other effects from targets such as passives, mind zones, and even ESO+. And I wrote, you know, maybe that's why it's called the Imperfect Dream. Now it just might be perfect. Ho 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 ho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty great. Yeah. 
You definitely didn't want to be wearing something that could possibly remove ESO plus. <laughs> yeah. Although I think that's like a skill. Ah. I think I think it's from the Arcanist. I want to say. Okay. Uh, I mean that that does sound like it has potential. But anyways, speaking of the Arcanist. That is going to be the first of our classes that we go into here for the class changes. Um, looks like Arcanist actually got a good handful of them compared to the other classes. So let's dive right into it. For the Arcanist, the Chakram Shields, they fixed an issue where this ability and its morphs could be applied to hazardous plants and other trap-like objects in the world. You're an Arcanist, not a warden. Stop touching plants. Hey, that's another one that I added. Hooray. I have all the good jokes this episode. By all, I mean two. <laughs> but maybe more. I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't you can't just lay it all out, man. You have to keep them on their toes. There could be more j dog jokes coming. Uh, but okay, okay. So next change: resonating glyphic, the morph. This morph now requires you to be in combat to activate the ultimate. They have a dev comment on this. Since this morph changes the target context of what you're summoning to be an attackable enemy rather than the standard allied target, we found that casting this ultimate morph has been contributing to some in-combat state confusion where players are in combat for simply casting the ultimate, even with no nearby foes, while simultaneously allowing others to circumvent well-in-combat requirements of certain effects like item sets or special abilities. To correct both of these issues, we're making the changes to require you to already be in combat before placing the ultimate. This should help remove those pesky situations where you accidentally activate the ultimate while trying to loot a chest and then get stuck in combat with your group, clamp down on the pre-buffing opportunities it was offering, will not disrupting the intended use of the ultimate to act as a powerful heal and buff for you and your allies. So, yeah. Basically, that's the ultimate where you bring the thing up and you have to heal it. And, yeah, I guess I could see how that situation could possibly arise. Yeah, and, you know, being stuck in combat's never fun. No. Everyone hates that. Yeah, I wonder if that's why, like, uh, when I was doing the, the Dream of Witches Festival, I'd be, like, killing dragons, you know? And I was like, whenever, uh, wow, I can't think straight at all, but uh, when, uh, like, after every dragon fight, I couldn't, like, mount or anything for, like, a solid minute afterwards. Like, I'd practically run to the Way Shrine every time. I wonder if it has to do anything with the Arcanist or like just, you know, combat being combat, you know? I'm going to say combat being combat. <laughs> yeah. Both are plausible answers, though. Fair enough. So moving along on the Arcanist, the Cephaliarch's Flail Morph. 
They fixed an issue where this morph was not properly marked as an execute to certain bonuses or conditional requirements, like sheer venom. So, the execute that's not really an execute is being marked more as an execute. So, <laughs> there you go. And then uh, we have Gibbering Shelter. This morph's ally targeted shield now can trigger once every four seconds rather than once every second. The dev comment on this is that this morph is currently enabling far more defensive power to allies than others of its ilk, such as Barrier or Magma Shell. So we're reducing the frequency of the shield refresh to counteract this. We'll continue to keep an eye on this morph over the update to see if we need to investigate further adjustments, as we are aware of its power in group play when multiplayer, when multiple players are activating it simultaneously. So yeah, that thing is OP, as uh, expected. But I must say, I'm coming up to the last change of darkness here, and they did not get nerfed, so I like seeing that. Rune of Eldritch Horror is the last thing that got touched up, and it reads, This ability and its morphs now properly display a debuff on enemy targets to warn them of the incoming crowd-controlling effects. They fixed an issue where these abilities could not be purged to prevent their effects. And they improved how these abilities complete their delay timers to be more uniform with other delays, such as Rune Prison, to make them feel more fluid and responsive to break free or react to. So yeah, I think some modest changes overall for the Arcanist. Um, nothing too wild. And yeah. I'm pretty happy with that. My tank is still going to be OP. Yeah, pretty solid. Definitely not. I uh, like to see, you know, not massive changes happening to your, you know, tank. All right, next up we have the Dragonite. First, we have Inferno. This ability and its morphs passive slotted bonuses now persist through bar swap. Next is Molten Whip Morph. Uh, the Seething Fury. The Seething Fury stacking bonuses from this morph now operates as a slotted passive bonus that persists through bar swaps rather than only on the bar that the ability is slotted on. Seething Fury now requires you to be in combat to gain stacks to mitigate pre-buffing and burst potential. So a lot of... Uh, Persistent bar swap stuff. Uh, next is Ferocious Sleep. The damage shield granted from this ultimate will now replace itself similarly to other shields rather than stack if you manage to cast the ultimate again that quickly. And lastly, we have Corrosive Armor. And this morph now disables ultimate generation while the ability is active. And there's a dev comment here, and it reads. Corrosive has been a potent ultimate for the Dragonite at turning the tides in battle by offering both immense defense and offensive capabilities, but has slowly been power crept as more success of as more sources of ultimate generation have entered the game over time. The quote is we're moving forward with an adjustment that will ensure this morph retains its Sark power spike, but removing the ability to keep the effect up for prolonged periods of time. And that wraps up the Dragonite. 
so not too many changes for them either, or not too many drastic ones, I guess. Uh, then we have the Necromancer, which just won for us this time. The Bone Armor, they fixed an issue where the corpse generated from this ability and its morphs had a chevron appear above it, as if it were a living entity. But, don't give up, young skeleton. The corpse will continue to function for your typical nefarious deeds. Thank God. So, yeah. Uh, basically, literally no changes. <laughs> To slight bug fix. So that's cool. Next up we have the Sorcerer. This will be Crystal Frags. This ability special activation now properly applies the Crystal Weaver bonus after activating. Next is the Summon Unstable Clan Fear Morph. And they reduce the cost of this ability's active cast to 4320 down from 4500. And the Summon Wing Twilight. They fixed an issue where some attacks from this ability and marsh could not be dodged. And they fixed an issue where the special active from this ability and the Twilight Morph Matriarch Morph were not consistently labeled as healing abilities. So very slight changes there. Yeah, seems like so far it's a lot of stuff that was like little that like they probably didn't have time to even notice when they were, you know, pumping out a normal update, but now that they didn't have, you know, a whole extra little zone or something to release in Q4. They really just got to take the time and comb through this kind of stuff. Yeah. So we have two more classes for you guys. And I don't know if you organized the class list like this dog, but if that's how it was from them, it was very appropriate for them to have a Bob class he wants to talk about and then other class, and then Bob class he wants to talk about, and then other <laughs> class, and then... No, I, th I think I rearranged... I, I think it was mostly like that, except for it was Templar, then Warden, I think. Ah, so okay. I, I well, just moved the last two, but... Fair enough. It couldn't... I, I was like, there's no way it could be that perfect. <laughs> it was almost but, that perfect, I think. Almost. So we do have two more uh, class changes, uh, well, classes that got changes for you guys. The Warden and Templar. So starting with the Warden, Frozen Gate fixed an issue where the teleport for this ability and its morphs could pull enemies through some walls. So no more pulling people through walls, I'm sorry. And the Permafrost ability, the morph, they reduce the damage per tick of this morph by approximately 60% to make up for the Glacial Presence passive buffing Chilled as this morph, despite its existing damage reductions, still did more damage than Northern Storm. So yeah, Permafrost just got destroyed. That's okay, I stopped using Permafrost a long time ago. That's a bummer, but I guess you can't win them all. Yeah. What can you do? Listen, do you talk about Templars? That's what I can do. That's what I'm yep, going to do. Yeah, the best class with some, you know, probably okay. the best changes. All right. So, uh, you know, Templar, we have Restoring Aura. This ability and its morphs passive slotted bonuses now persist through bar swap. Pretty cool. And then you have Radiant Glory Morph. 
This morph now also grants magic cover store when it deals damage, which is based on the missing health of the enemy up to a maximum of 480 per tick. And I know what you're wondering, right? You, you know, guess who got more powerful with more sustain? And it's this guy. Pretty happy. I, you know, you couldn't tell. Uh, yeah, I could tell. So basically, Dog is happy. Yep, I'm happy. Yeah. But I'm not happy when Dog's happy. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. A bit rude, but, you know, fair. Because it means more Templars are going to kill me in PvP. <laughs> Only if they use the healing Jesus beam, which uh, most people don't. So That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. So we're through class changes. Uh, we do have a bit more of combat changes, some weapon and guild skill line stuff for you guys. And then... We'll get into the Endless Archive uh, stuff of the patch notes. We still haven't even got to play it, so we're not going to go too crazy. Um, but yeah, and then we'll uh, we'll get out of your guys' hair. So We have Weapon and Guild skill line changes. The first being the Destruction Staff. Got one change, the Pulsar Morph. They fixed an issue where the flame and frost versions of this morph would fail to properly damage enemies that were also immune to the minor mangle the abilities applied. The damage now properly applies to all targets in their radii, similar to Storm Pulsar. So just a small change, but, uh, you know, nice little fix to make things work the way it should. Alright. Uh, next up, we have the Restoration Staff. Uh, this will be Blessing of Protection. This ability and its morphs now no longer attempt to heal pets in order to prevent them from taking the named buff effects that play a huge role in why the abilities are ran. And there's a dev comment on here, and it reads, We'll monitor this change to see if this is deemed worthwhile enough to keep, as it does hurt the skill's solo viability for helping protect your pets. Oh, uh, definitely an interesting little change right there. So then we also have the Fighters Guild. For Dawnbreaker, they increased the cone size of this ultimate and its morphs to 135 degrees up from 120 to help them land slightly more consistently to closer enemies and better align to their visual effects. So, Dog, maybe you and I won't miss our Dawnbreakers um, when people are right in front of us now. Yeah, I, I really hope so, because it's always embarrassing when you, you know, you run up to a target and you dawn breaker and you're like, oh, I missed. <laughs> Which is like 99% of my dawn breakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that uh, in our VDSA run last night, <laughs> ran up to the boss and I missed the boss and I missed the troll. And I think there's like some random archer that got hit by the dawn breaker. So I'm like, well, I wasn't aiming for you, but at least I got, I, at least I hit something, right? <laughs> and you just have to stand there just like, yeah, I hope no one saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, um, cause you're not, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to, I guess, uh, heavy attack. You know, I'm going to actually pretend to heal. That, that's what I'm yeah, going to th There you go. <laughs> That'll throw everyone off. Yeah. Dog healing. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Lastly, we have the Undaunted. We have Radiant, and they reduce the damage done by this synergy by 20% to ensure its power is more in line with other synergies. And honestly, to me, this kind of seems like a pointless nerf. Like, no, I who who's out there spamming inner fire? You know, and who's out there running halfway across the way to, you know, activate the synergy? Well, I guess it's not just one person it has to be like, you know, like eight people, but I don't know. Seems a bit uh, pointless, but there's also a uh, trapping webs and they fix an issue where this ability and its morphs could be dodged. And they also fix an issue where the synergy from this ability could be used on enemies not inside the area of effect. So trapping webs got touched up with some bug fixes. With that, uh, that right there wraps up our combat section. Yeah, so not too many crazy changes, but some nice little uh, updates and fixes to make things hopefully run smoothly. All right, so uh, last but not least, we have the Endless Archive patch notes for you guys. Uh, like I said, we haven't even got to actually touch it yet. This is just the patch notes. I'm sure we'll have an Endless Archive episode once we get to get our hands on it and, you know, really get to uh, test it out. But, anyways, for now, the Endless Archive, a section of Apocrypha's Great Library, is rife with twisting pathways and endless labyrinthian halls. To wrangle the multitude of corridors and locations is an exercise in madness, yet... Master Malkest intends to do just that and fight back against the malicious force causing chaos in the formerly peaceful archive. The books and tomes within have come alive, spilling their words into reality and attacking any interlopers. I hate when they call me an interloper. Do you have what it takes to brave the shifting nature of the endless archive, traverse the maze-like passages, and defeat the archive's enemies? Venture forth solo or with a friend and brave the, the ever-increasing dangers for rewards bestowed by the Daedric Prince of Knowledge himself. So, yeah. Uh, exciting stuff. How do you want to do this? Do I just want to switch off bullets? or? Uh, yeah, we could probably just switch off. But I will say that Master Malkas, uh, you know, he used the word interloper, which, you know, kind of sounds like he's just the reincarnated of the uh, Wayrest to Bridge One boss. Exactly, man. I don't think that he used that. Oh, but it's implied. So, yeah, they, it's the books are attacking interlopers, dog. So it's the books that are using it. They're crazy. Yeah. But he has a setup to attack interlopers, which means. He implies that we are interlopers. No, he's the one trying to fight back, dog. He's the oh. helper. Yeah. Well, so hmm. he's our homeboy. Okay. Well, then who's the big bad guy? I guess uh, the Daedric Prince of Knowledge. He's the one fighting us. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> listen to any of that. I just heard interlopers and like Wayrest sewers. So. Classic, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. It it was the most interesting uh, word in the whole thing. 
Yeah. All right. So in the Endless Archive, you are tasked with venturing into the ever-changing halls to battle a random assortment of enemies from throughout Tamriel. Most of these enemies have been seen in Battleboard 4, but not like this. Enemies increase in difficulty after each completed stage, and rewards and challenges increase the deeper into the archive you reach. So you're not without help, though, in the form of Mora's boons, verses, and visions. Verses are powerful boons that last for the next stage only and can turn the tide of battle. Visions are long-duration boons, only available after defeating a boss, but persist for the entirety of your run. And, choosing which verse and which vision is integral to your success in the Endless Archive. So, you'll have a lot of different options, like, do you want um, to do more damage next round, or to heal more? I don't know. Those are just uh, basic examples, but uh, it's just little buffs that will add, you know, and stack up and help you move along. Well, the visions will stack up. So, yeah, cool. I can't wait to see some of those. Endless Archive can be accessed in one of two ways. For a Nefgron chapter owner specifically, you can head north from the Sir, from the Spiran Tarn Way Shrine along the coast of Apocrypha. And I'm assuming there's probably like something they can just just be like, hey, head there, go into that building thing, that weird looking library, probably. That'd be my guess. Sounds about Uh, right. And for non-chapter owners, you can navigate to the icon on your map for Apocrypha and use that to enter. So it's probably like a little like dungeon or arena symbol looking thing. Yeah, I would think the arena one personally yeah maybe it gets its own who knows so each new run starts from the beginning there is no saving and starting again so planning and preparation are key there are three ways to play solo with a companion or with a friend and there are two leader brewers for the endless archive one for solo players and one for duo, and the rewards are offered to adventurers who delve the furthest. Which will be me and Dogged. Definitely, totally will be me, me and Bob. Yeah, I didn't like that, the tone there, but okay. I said totally. Yeah. I almost said me and Dog too, but you know, that, that oh wouldn't make God, much yeah. sense. No, you yourself and dog. Yeah, that makes no sense. All right, so to continue on, new class sets are available, which we documented last week, to find and acquire in the Endless Archive, which are detailed in the next section below, which obviously we already took care of that. Uh, The curation rules in Endless Archive dictate that you will find your class set items first. After receiving the possible entirety of your class item set, you will get drops from other classes. So, whichever class you're on, you'll get the drops for that when you're in there. The further you progress in the Endless Archive, the greater the rewards scale up, as well as the chance of receiving them. That's actually uh, pretty cool. I thought that I was going to have to, you know, 
play on every class to get like the uh, sets if I want to, you know, not spend a billion, you know, right uh, tokens or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, and it's cool that you could not only like be able to get it from, uh, you know, all from like one character. But also, if you want to go get a specific class first, yeah. then you could go, yeah, I do it on that class. Yeah. For me, I'm obviously going to be doing that on my Templar, you know. That's the one that interests me the most. I think that's the one that interests a lot of people the most, honestly. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's also, they're introducing a new currency which is called the Archival Fortunes, and that can be found while adventuring in the Endless Archive. This currency is exclusive to the Endless Archive and is used by its caretakers and filers to exchange goods. And ESO Plus members will receive a 10% bonus to all Archival Fortunes. Pretty solid. Yeah, I'm excited to see another new currency. Yeah. If there wasn't enough, you know, maybe they'll add one next year, another one next year, right? Oh, currencies be crazy. That's true. So, um, is this filers? Okay, yeah, yeah. Filers, Tazura, and Ool are watching or watcher merchants found in the endless archive, both deal in archival fortunes. Tezzers. I think I said Tazura at first, but anyways. Offers support for adventures in the Endless Archive and also acts as this update's achievement furniture. Consumables can be bought to gain a verse while running the Endless Archive. You can also purchase boxes containing items from class sets if you so choose. Crafters may wish to take advantage of the boxes and sacks of profession-related crafting materials for sale. For the more accomplished explorers and adventurers, permanent upgrades are available for purchase to help make diving into the Endless Archive easier. There's also a lockbox for those who simply prefer cold, hard cash, which is usually me, but the other options also sound enticing. So, Yeah, if you're on PC, pro- that last one, probably not in- uh, enticing at all. If you're a crafter, <laughs> you probably don't care about the materials. Yeah, I was like... Unless yeah. if you get, like, a lot of archival fortunes, but, you know, they also have, like, crafting materials for uh, Telvar, and I don't think anyone actually, you know, looks at those. or like, what? Why would I ever want that? That's, like, a ripoff. So. Yeah. Uh, the other one, Ool has a continually rotating eclectic set of wares from week to week. You can find you can expect to find treasure maps, antiquity leads, monster set style pages, uh, companion gear boxes, lore book furnishings, and assorted achievement and dungeon fragments for sale. And now the big question is, are the treasure maps stackable? And the answer to that is to tune in next time or whenever we get Necron, you know, after the 14th to find out the answer, which probably will be next time. And we'll know 
because we won't know until then. So. Dun, 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 uh. That was my dramatic chipmunk sound effect. It, uh, I gave you that a golf clap. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, we did it, dog. We made it through another update, man. Yeah, Last one of the year. Hooray. We made it through another year. So, we hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, if you're on PC, are enjoying Update 40. And if you're on console, you will be enjoying it with us uh, this week. We're super stoked. Um, probably the most excited I've been for an ESO update in quite a long time. So uh, I just can't wait to get my hands on it and really uh, dive in and see uh, what we could what we could earn in this uh, archive. So yeah, thank you guys for hanging out with us, and thank you, Dogged, for uh, going through all these notes with me. The people, they need us. So, yeah. since they need us, why don't you say where they can find us? Actually, before we do that, you know what I was thinking about? Actually, just like, you know, as you're wrapping up that episode. Um, so, the next event, right? It's like the Blackwood event, right? Right. And it, we know it's starting sometime in November. So, mm-hmm. do we think it's starting this Thursday on the 16th? Or next Thursday on Thanksgiving. Hoo-hoo. Well, they or do Or it could love... be uh, the Thursday after, which is the 30th. Well, they do love and, and doing they... the events right when a de- an update drops. <laughs> so, Yeah. But like, they also like doing it during a, uh, you know, real-life holiday. <laughs> like Thanksgiving, so... I'm yeah. sure they're conflicted. That's probably why they haven't said anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it will be uh, soon. That event will be coming soon. We don't know when. Could be, you know, this Thursday. Who knows? Maybe they'll just drop it on a Tuesday. Be like, haha, we tricked you. You guys thought it'd be on a Thursday. Nope, we did it on a Tuesday. <laughs> Got him. But you guys can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can find us on ESO PC or Xbox Guild of Airs the Red Diamond, which you can join on the Robots Radio Discord, found on robotsradio.net. And if you check our show notes, you'll find links to our merch store and all other awesome things I tell you guys about every week. Uh, ESO-up.com, our music producer, stuff like that. If you guys go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review with some words, it not only is a huge benefit to the show, gets us in front of more eyes and ears, but we'll shout your words to the stars of Tamriel. And it's super cool experience, you know? Um, super worth it. That's the word of the... That's the news of the week. So, anyways, guys, go give us a review. And we would super, super appreciate it. Dogged, where can the people find you? You can find me on Xbox, Twitter, and ESOPC, all about Dog Park 24. And it's going to be Xbox, ESOPC, Twitter, and Twitch for me at Bob underscore Chichinsky. 
Thank you guys again so much for hanging out. We hope you're loving Update 40 as much as we will. And we will catch you uh, next time. We've got some plans for the end of the year, some, a couple episodes we've been thinking about doing, and, you know, probably covering the Endless Archive here. So, welcome to the end of the year, Red Diamond Courier. Um, it's going to be fun, and yeah, we'll catch you guys on the flip. Yep, see ya. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Nominated in New Jersey's Here Now Audio Fiction Festival 2020, it's Bioshock, the Midnight Series. Based in the dystopian underwater city of Rapture, witness what it was like for civilians from different walks of life before and after Andrew Ryan's city fell. It's a tale of deception, downfall, and survival. The Midnight Series, a podcast by Preston Hardin. Listen on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.